Good morning. Welcome to Christian Fellowship. Thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing to worship with us this morning. Uh, as we begin, I'd like to thank our uh, Call to Worship team. Um, as you all know, we start every week uh, when we gather together. We begin by reading a passage of Scripture. Um, this passage of Scripture is a literally what it says. It's a call to worship. It is that time in the morning where we, we stop and we prepare ourselves and we say, okay, it's time to worship. It's time to focus on God. It's time to just be with our Creator. It's an important part of our Sunday morning. It, it, it's, the, it's the thing that says this is time to be. Um, it's vital. It's vital to what we do here. And so for those of you who are part of that ministry who um, help us out with that, thank you very much for doing that. Thank you for making that um, a huge part of what we do on Sundays. If you are interested in that ministry, please feel free. Uh, mark it down on your Connect cards, and you can um, get involved with that as well. So this morning, um, we are going to be talking about hospitality. We're going to talk about what it is, uh, why it's important, and really how do we do it. Um, so this morning we're going to be in Matthew 8. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Matthew 8. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one in a seat back somewhere around you. And if you don't um, own a Bible, please feel free to keep that as our gift to you. So you're going to be in Matthew 8. Um, and in those Bibles that are around you, it's on page 813. So uh, we're going to get there eventually. Um, we're going to do some jumping around before that. But eventually we will land the plane in Matthew 8. So um, this week... I, uh, <clears throat> I had a lot of conversations about hospitality, and I, and I put the question out on Facebook, what or who do you think of when you hear the word hospitality? What or who do you think of when you hear the word hospitality? And what was interesting to me was that just about every answer I got was either an action or it was a person. So a couple of the answers I got were things like um, making someone feel comfortable. Treating them like a guest. Hosting. Hosting people in your home. Somebody just said smiles, which I thought was cool. Opening a door and serving everyone who comes in. Making a space for those that you don't have to make a space for. Two of my favorite answers. Uh, one was Mr. and Mrs. Beaver from the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, which I thought was fantastic. Right, because it's these they just welcome these weird human children into their home and then within like two pages they're said, Yeah, okay, we'll fight to the death alongside you. Wherever you go, we're gonna go. Um They just really cared for those kids. The other one was uh the granny from Beverly Hillbillies. And the the person said it was they picked her because the way she was always conscious of others' needs. So it's my hope this morning, uh, as we think about hospitality. It's my hope that we are all going to take account of our own hospitality this morning and be challenged to grow in this important ministry. So uh, that's the plan for this morning. I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump in. So please bow your heads and pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another day. We thank you for the chance to gather and, and be. Um, God, you are, you are good. You are the God of grace and so we ask you this morning that you overcome our darkness with your light. That as we read and we pray and we sing and we fellowship, we ask that you reveal your presence to us. 
God, we thank you for this place, for this community. And we thank you for the goodness and the mercy that you show to us, the way that you have cared for this place for generations. God, as we study hospitality, help us to show it to all people as we seek to be lights in the darkness. We pray all of these things because of Jesus and in his name. Amen. So what is hospitality? Well, the definition I've kind of come up with is that hospitality is making others feel welcomed and cared for, just as God did for us through sending Jesus Christ. Hospitality is making others feel welcomed and cared for, just as God did for us through sending Jesus Christ. And so uh, in that definition, by welcomed, I mean at ease, at peace, right? You walk into somebody's home and you just feel comfortable to be relaxed. You see, hospitality is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to be the light in the world that God calls us to be. It's a chance for us to tangibly express to others what God has done for us, to reflect that to the world. And so as we get into what is hospitality, I want to clear up a few misconceptions about it. You see, hospitality is not only welcoming people into your home. It's not only that. That can be a huge part of it. It could be a good practice to welcome people into your home. But that is not the end-all be-all. So that means that just because you might live in a dorm room or a cramped apartment where you're really busy and you're not home very often, that does not mean you are off the hook when it comes to hospitality. I would argue that Jesus was the most hospitable person to ever live. And yet, if you read the Gospels, he spends most of his ministry years broke and, from all appearances, homeless. You see, hospitality transcends a physical space. It is more than that. It is an intentional way of thinking and living. Now, some of you are going to hear hospitality, and your reaction is going to be something like, well, you know what, that's just not my gift. I'm not wired that way. God hasn't blessed me with the ability to be good at hospitality. I'm not a people person. I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert. I'm not an extrovert. And while some of that stuff may be true, again, I don't think that that excludes you from practicing hospitality. I want to look at a couple of passages um, that talk about hospitality and and the Christian's responsibility in them. So the first one is Romans 12, 9 through 13. It says this, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Now, I would think that as you read that, all of that list is really what the church and Christians should be doing, right? Those are all marks of what Christians are supposed to be. We wouldn't just pick and choose some of those things. We wouldn't just say, well, you know what? I'm not wired uh, to have my love be genuine. You know, it's, it's not really in my giftings um, to be fervent in spirit or to serve the Lord. No, right? We would say all of those things need to be marks of the church. All of those things need to be mark of Christians. 
and that includes hospitality. Another passage, uh, Hebrews 13, 1 and 2. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Do not neglect this important aspect of Christian life, is what the writer of Hebrews is saying. Don't make excuses for why you can't show hospitality. The writer goes on and gives a little incentive there, because he says you may be entertaining an angel. We don't have time this morning, but if, if you have time this week, go to Genesis 18, because that's the reference he's making here. Um, that actually happened to Abraham. He welcomes in these three strangers, and he welcomes them into their home. He cares for them. He cooks them a meal. He protects them. And then later he finds out it was actually God and two angels. So what the writer of Hebrews is saying is, how would you treat someone if you knew they were an angel? Treat them that way. Show them hospitality. 1 Peter 4, 8 and 9. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Peter, as he is encouraging and challenging Christians, says not only are we to show hospitality, but we're supposed to do it without grumbling, without complaining, seeing it as a burden without seeing it as a burden rather than the opportunity that it is. See, all of these passages that I read this morning are from letters to churches. They're not to individuals. They're not to specific people gifted in hospitality. They are to the church as a whole. These are instructions for Christians. We are called to show hospitality to others. It's part of who we are as God's people. So the question is, why? Why is this important? Well, if you go back and you look at all of those passages I read this morning, there's one theme that is, is traced throughout all of them. And that's love. See, hospitality is a way for us to live out what Jesus says are the two greatest commandments. Matthew 22, 37-39. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. When we show hospitality, we are putting out our love for God. We are putting that into action by obeying what he has called us to do. To care for others. Hospitality is a byproduct of love. It is a result of love. When we show hospitality to others, we are in fact expressing our love for both God and for the person. So what does hospitality look like? Well, as I said before, I believe Jesus was the most hospitable person to ever live. So I say we just look at what he did and do that. Sound good? So uh, look at that chapter I had you turn to in Matthew, in Matthew 8. Uh, we're going to pick it up in verse 1. So Matthew 8, 1. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed.
Jesus, in this interaction, shows us a few things that go into showing hospitality. He shows us four things I want to pull out this morning. Four things that show us this is what hospitality does and is. The first one is impartial. Hospitality is impartial. Hospitality um, in the New Testament Greek is actually, it's a compound word. The word for hospitality is a compound word. And just like all of the other great compound words out there, such as, you know, cupcake or pizza roll, hospitality is very clear and descriptive on what it means. Hospitality is the word phylloxenos. Phylloxenos. So it's, it's two words. It, it comes from philo, which is uh, the word for our brotherly familial love, right? You think of Philadelphia, the, the city of brotherly love. That's from philo. And the other word is xenos, which is stranger or guest. So literally, hospitality is showing love to a stranger or guest. Jesus doesn't know this guy. Jesus wasn't in a community group for years and years. He didn't have a deep connection with him. There wasn't a built-in relationship or trust. But that's what hospitality is. It is caring for the people you interact with. Even when they are a stranger, it's being impartial. It's not planting favorites. Think about when you have a guest coming over. You clean up a little bit more, right? I actually vacuum and dust. And then when they come, you get them a drink. You make sure they're comfortable. They're enjoying themselves. You treat them differently than you do people who actually live in your house or, or family. Hospitality means caring for those you come into contact with. Whether it is the person in the church you've known for 20 years, or it's the person you met just for the first time. It's not playing favorites. It's not being biased, but instead being impartial with the love you show. Jesus shows us hospitality means we got to be impartial with our love. Second thing is intentionality. Intentionality. Now, this is a word you're going to hear a lot in 2017. Very quickly, it's a theme that's happening for 2017 for our church. Because the more and more I think about the Christian life, the more and more this word comes to mind. We won't become mature Christians unless we are intentional about growing in our faith. We won't have a strong community unless each of us as individuals are intentional about building relationships. I'm not going to grow in my knowledge of Scripture unless I am intentional to be in the Word on a regular daily basis. And we won't show hospitality without being intentional. And what I mean by that is that we have to be engaged in our surroundings and our interactions. We have to be paying attention. So firstly, easy practical step. Put the phone away when you're talking to somebody. Look them in the eye. Be present in the moment in the conversation. If hospitality is built on welcoming and caring for someone, it's kind of hard to do that when you aren't even paying attention to them. Some of you may have even noticed in the back connect area, we've changed the seating back there. That didn't just accidentally happen. That was an intentional decision to help open up that space and make it more inviting and welcoming to others. It's a simple decision, but one that communicates an inviting message to all that walk in. Jesus here spends time speaking with a leper. 
someone who is a complete outcast from society. Leprosy is an infectious disease where you develop skin lesions, you lose your eyesight, and basically your body is decaying while you're alive. It was thought to be so highly contagious and that so that if you had leprosy, you were banished from living among civilization. Cities and towns had laws about lepers even entering in. In the Old Testament, we see that there was laws put in place where if you did have to come into a place where there were people and you were a leper, you had to shout, unclean, as you walked to let people know that you were coming near. Think about that for a second. See, it's one thing for people to avoid you or ignore you, right? That's a little, at least it's, it's passive. But if you're the leper, you have to actively tell people, don't come near me, avoid me at all costs, stay away from me, don't pay attention to me. Think about the humiliation, the mental pain and sorrow that lepers must have had to live with. Leprosy was so disgusted that you probably have heard the term leper colony before, right? So if you're like me, you think like that's a way to contain the disease. You just put them all together, they can live and hang out, and it's fine. That's actually not what a leper colony was like back then. Because it was so bad, lepers didn't even really interact with other lepers. Because if you had leprosy, well, at least, you know, if you had it, it's like, well, at least I don't have that guy's leprosy. And on top of that, you didn't want to get any sicker, so lepers just avoided each other. It's an isolating disease that steals a person's health and humanity. And yet, Jesus talks with this man. He doesn't avoid him. He doesn't blow him off. He has a conversation with him. He engages him and treats him like a person because he's a person. Jesus is intentional with this man. Third thing we learn about what hospitality looks like is that hospitality shows compassion. Jesus has compassion for this man. He cares for this man. He knows how he can best serve this guy in this moment. To show compassion for someone is to have a great concern and a sympathy for them. The man comes to Jesus and he asks to be healed. And Jesus is going to take care of that. But look at the way he does it. Look at verse 3. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. For a man who has been alienated, abandoned, condemned to live and die alone as an outcast from all of society, Jesus touches him. Physical touch. It's a major way to show and receive love for many people. There is an intimacy there. Right? When you hug your friend or relative who you haven't seen in a long time. The first kiss after you are pronounced man and wife. The high five when you watch the Cubs win the World Series. There is something there about physical touch. For this man who has been sick and suffering, Jesus shows compassion for him. He understands that this man is just that, that he is a man, that he is a human. Every person, regardless of your background, race, 
gender, social standing has value and is important just by being born, just by being a person. Each and every person has been born with what the Bible calls the imago Dei, the image of God. You were created in the image and likeness of God. Just by existing, that shows that you have worth and value as a person. And that goes for all people, including this leper. God has great love and great care and compassion for his creation. We see this in the way he keeps caring for and forgiving and accepting the Israelites in the Old Testament, even when they regularly rebel and ignore him time and time again. And we see it in Jesus. God sends Jesus to earth, even though humanity's natural state is one of rebellion and anger and war against God. God shows compassion on us. Because if he left us in that state, if he left us in our natural state, we would be doomed for hell and punishment and eternal separation from him. But because God has compassion, because God has compassion for us, he sent Jesus to pay the penalty for our sin. To have him stand in our place as the perfect sacrifice for us. Because it is Jesus alone who is the only person who could possibly die on the cross and have his death be a substitute for all sin for all time. Because of God's compassion for us, he sends his only son to come and die for us. To experience the punishment we, that's you and me, deserve. So that anyone who believes that it is through Jesus' death and resurrection alone, not Jesus plus you, not Jesus plus you and your good works or your niceness or the money you put in the offering, it is Jesus' death alone to that person. Their sins are forgiven. They go from enemies at war with God to sons and daughters of God. God showed us compassion. Jesus shows this man, this leper, compassion. When we show others hospitality, we are doing for others what God has already done for you and me. God is greatly concerned for you. He has great sympathy for you and me. And because of that, he sent Christ to earth. So to practice hospitality means we need to be impartial with the way we show love. We need to be intentional with the way we live, and we need to have compassion. And the fourth thing is that we need to be able to act in the moment. Hospitality is caring for someone in that moment. How can you best love them in that moment? For Jesus, it was not, to, it was, it was not only to heal this man, but to touch him, to treat him like a human. Because he was intentional and present in the situation. Because he allowed himself to care for a stranger and not play favorites. Because he had compassion on this guy, he was able to care for him in the moment. This past Tuesday, I got to hang out with Pastor Bill Shirios from First Free Church. Um, and, uh, you know, we spent time just, just catching up. I shared um, some of the things I'm excited about, some of the things I'm struggling with. You know, my, the, the highs and lows we just kind of shared and... 
Um, it's a great time. He's, he's been a huge encouragement for me since stepping into this role and, and a great resource and a great friend. Um, and so as our time was up, we were walking down the street and we get to the, the corner of the street we were on in, in Ashland. Um, and he's got to go left and I got to go right. And so before we left, he, he said, can I pray for you? Um, which side note, if anyone offers to pray for you, just say yes. Just say yes. That's, that's always going to go well for you. Just say yes. So Bill says, can I pray for you? And, and I said, yeah, sure. And so we stood on the corner there right on Ashland. We bowed our heads and he put his hand on my shoulder. And he prayed for me. And he prayed for you all. That is hospitality. Bill made me feel at peace and cared for. He didn't have to do that. Just like God didn't have to send Jesus to earth. But he did. Jesus didn't have to touch this leper to heal him, right? Jesus could have said, you're healed, and the guy was healed. But instead, he touches him. Why? Because in that moment, he was going to make that man feel at peace and cared for. Jesus intentionally chose to show love to this man in that moment. So how do we practice hospitality today? How do we do this in the busyness of this world? In Chicago in 2017, how do we do this? The rest of our time together, I'm just going to give you just ideas, just things I've thought of. of this is how we can practice hospitality. Uh, number one, we have a hospitality team here at the church. We have a team who's core goal and mission is to make everyone who walks into this church feel welcomed and cared for. They smile. They greet you. They welcome you to the service. They answer questions or they find answers to questions they don't know the answers to. They make the place look neat and orderly. They point people in the right direction. They, if you're a visitor, they point you to the ever-important coffee area. They connect you with the King's Table volunteers. This ministry, our hospitality ministry, is a great place to practice. Especially if you feel like you aren't good at it or you want to try and grow in hospitality. It's a safe space. It's a safe space that is built to help you grow and learn and mature in areas like this. So if you're interested in our hospitality team, on your Connect cards you can circle Hospitality, drop it in the offering plate when we take our offering. We will reach out and connect you with um, Amy, who runs our hospitality team. Second, the same thing pretty much goes for our King's Table, our children's ministry. Our children's ministry, you, you're getting, if you work in our children's ministry, if you volunteer there, you get to welcome and care for the children of this church to help them know who God is. To help them know that God loves them. To help them grow and feel like this, that the church is a safe place and a place for them to learn and grow and ask questions. And by serving in that ministry, you aren't just serving the kids, but you're serving the parents as well because we're coming along them, alongside them to disciple their children. And we're giving them a Sunday morning where they know they don't have to worry about our kid, the kids because the kids are upstairs being taught the word of God and, and being cared for by people who love them. And so they can be in the service and worship and not be distracted. 
both of these ministries, we will train you. We will teach you how to do it. There is no experience necessary. What's needed is just a heart that says, I want to care for people. I want to try and grow in showing hospitality to others. So that's the first two things I had. The third one is food. Food is always going to go over. In Jesus' day, it was one of the most intimate things you could do was share a meal with someone. It's how relationships were not only formed, but deepened. So invite someone to your place for food. You don't even have to cook. Just order a pizza. The point is to be spending time with someone over food. It's one of the reasons we do potluck and prayer every month. So that we can gather together over food and build relationships. We actually have one coming up January 28th, 6 o'clock. If you want to sign up to bring a dish, you can sign up in the back. Um, Dinner's at 6. We usually pray about 7.15. If you can't bring a dish, that's okay. Come and eat. Potluck and prayers is an important part of us practicing hospitality with one another. You can also just bring someone food, right? I mean, I've said it before, but we have a pretty good amount of college kids in our congregation. And they could desperately use a home-cooked meal. Most of the college kids that are part of our church, most of them are from, are not from Chicago. Some of them are from across the country. They are away from their friends and their families, and we can show hospitality to them by feeding them. We have people in this church who work really long hours and don't always have time to cook. So maybe if you're making casserole, you make an extra one. You just bring it to them. You make an extra lasagna. If someone has an event or a trauma in their life, bringing them food is a good way to help them. It's one less thing for them to think about. It's one less thing for them to worry about. It's a tangible way to care for people. Another way you could show hospitality, providing a space for someone. When I was in college, man, if you were looking for me, If I wasn't in my dorm room, I was probably on the couch in the student ministries department. And I was there because the people who worked in that office welcomed me in. They let me vent after a hard day. They treated me as a person and not just another student with a need. They opened up about their own lives, which showed me that I could do the same with mine without fear. They listened to me, they asked questions, they helped me work through situations. It was a safe space for me, and so it was a place I wanted to be all the time. This is an area that my in-laws shine so brightly in. Every holiday, my in-laws are always inviting people who might not otherwise have somewhere to go, who might not know, um, who might not have anywhere to be for the holidays, they invite and open their doors. Right? Sarah is an only child, so my in-laws, my, her family, it's, it's her mom, her dad, and her. And yet, I have never been to a Kelly uh, holiday in which we weren't 10 to 12 people deep. Thanksgiving is regularly a two to three table situation. Because they care about people. They see the value in opening their doors and just welcoming people in. And saying, you can just come and be here. And just... B. They're youth leaders at the church that they go to. And they do the same thing for the kids. They, in the summer when there's no youth group, they invite them over for barbecues. They have study days at their house. They just open up their doors. They, they provide a space for people. 
That's what hospitality looks like. Another way you can serve is babysitting for someone. You care for the kids so mom and dad can go have a date night. Or you can sign up to babysit during our community groups that are launching next week so parents can go and be a part of a group and you can watch the kids. Offer to eat lunch with someone at work who might not have anyone to eat with. For this one, you don't even have to bring anything for them or plan anything. All you need to do is be in the same place with another person and have a conversation. That's it. Praying with someone. Not just praying for someone, but actually in the moment, pray. When someone shares, oh, something is hard, or they ask for prayer, don't wait till later. Don't give them the, I'll be praying for you, keep me posted. But right then, in the moment, pray for them. We could go on and on. You guys are a lot more creative than I am. The point is that opportunities are there. In, even in the busyness of life, there are opportunities to show hospitality. If we are willing to take the initiative, I guarantee you, you will see fruit from it. Hospitality is the act of making someone feel welcomed and cared for just as God did through sending Jesus to earth. So let's be impartial. Let's be intentional. Let's be compassionate. Let's act in the moment. Let's practice hospitality together. Will you pray with me?